Hi, this is Carl Polachek. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend, Chip Reeves. How are you, sir? Hey, Carl. I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. So uh, it's February. Are you covered in snow? <laughs> no, we're in the southeast. We're covered in rain. Okay, you're covered in rain. Ah, well, Sacramento, we're covered in rain too. I thought you guys got some snow. You don't get snow? No, not, not where we are. We get like one day a year and it usually melts ah. off in a day. Okay, good. Well, it is fun to watch other people suffer on Facebook, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm not traveling there yet. So I, I don't go north until uh, March. So it, it's all good. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of booking one business event in Boston in February one year. Not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, I was in New York uh, a couple years ago. It's like, okay, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. So anyway, so. Chip is with Bigger Brains, and he has a long history of uh, providing IT services, managed services, and in fact, franchised IT services. And uh, he started a training organization called Bigger Brains. And so uh, I have him in from time to time to talk about what's new and where we're going. And uh, he's got a slightly different view on our industry than many, many people who are either delivering services strictly over here or trying to sell something to uh, MSPs over here. So uh, what else would you like to add about Bigger Brains and your current uh, uh, adventures? Uh, well, I, I think you said it pretty good. We're, we're mostly a training company. Um, we are venturing a little bit into app development, but uh, that's kind of a new thing. We'll, we'll see where that goes. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, we, we're kind of created to answer the question that I used to get all the time when I was an MSP or a VAR or whatever we called ourselves at the time. You know, I, I've been doing this since 89 and we've had a lot of different names. But, you know, you always get those customers who ask for help. In fact, I, I, was, um, I, I, I used to own an MSP here in, in South Carolina and we still share offices. And I was passing through the office yesterday uh, on my way to get the mail. And there was a, a customer up front. It was an older gentleman who... Um, I didn't catch all the conversation, but he was basically asking for, uh, is there some kind of book I can buy? Is there some kind of resource I can get to teach me how to use all this stuff? And uh, in theory, uh, my uh, MSP up front is supposed to be selling my training, but the tech who was there at the time was like, well, uh, I guess you could go online or something. I said, well, no, you could also get bigger brains. That's what we're here for is to, to you know, provide online training to help answer all those questions that customers have always been asking. Uh, and, I, like a lot of MSPs over the years, I've tried things like the classroom training. You know, when we built out one of our locations, we actually had a classroom area set aside and we tried to schedule classes and like, you know, basic PC type stuff and some basic Microsoft Excel type type classes. And we never got enough uh, participation to make it worthwhile. Um, but when online training came along, and you can access it anytime, anywhere, and it's easy enough for your grandmother to use, that just makes a lot more sense. So we built Bigger Brains as a solution for other MSPs uh, to use in that situation. So when the customer asks the question, how do I use this? Uh, or when you have a situation with a customer who's, you know, tearing up your help desk line uh, by you know, asking all the questions about how do I print? How do I do a mail merge? How do I, you know, whatever, that you've got an easy resource to say, hey, here's a solution. It'll make you happier. It'll make me happier. Go do this. Right. So this is... Uh, end user focused training, most of it anyway, uh, and MSPs, basically they buy these classes from you and resell them to their clients or 
bundle them into their cloud service offering or whatever offering they have, and they just simply include that in the offering that they make, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the pricing starts around 10 cents per user a month. Um, it goes, I mean, the, the most you'll pay in small volumes is about $4 a user a month. So it, it's designed to be very low cost, but you get all 100 courses. So you get, um, you know, everything on Microsoft Excel and Office 365 and QuickBooks and some sales and marketing stuff. So it, it's, uh, we wanted to make it kind of a no-brainer for MSPs to include as part of their service plans. And um, knock on wood, so far it's working out pretty well. So, and... With things like Excel, it makes perfect sense that if I've got a user with uh, 25 employees, they need whatever, 10 of them to go through the Excel training. They need another 15 to go through Microsoft Word. Uh, that's all cool. But what about other apps? Like how many people actually take a class on QuickBooks or on Microsoft Access or something like that? Yeah, it, it, it's a good question. So when we run our reports and we generate um, – not so much for the MSP side of the business. So we got started as an MSP focused uh, business. And then we started working with other training companies who also wanted to sell our content. Uh, and what we do with them, uh, most of them are doing things like leadership training and, and management training, compliance training, things like that. And they're bundling our stuff with it. And so what I do is every quarter, I prepare a report for them on what's selling well and what's being used the most because a lot of them don't really understand the technology side of things. And most of what we do is technology training, mostly around Microsoft Office and, and apps. Uh, and so I prepare a report, I'm working on that report right now for um, Q4 on what's been used the most. Uh, and you know, a lot of them are what you expect. Excel is always in the top list. That, that, that's always high up on the list. Windows 10, always high on the list. Um, lately we started to see uh, a good bit of interest in some of the um, they're not quite soft skills, but I call them productivity courses, like how to manage your email, time management, how to organize your files, how to stay safe online, you know, those kind of things. So those, those are aren't product specific, but they're behaviors of success. Right. You know, helping people, you know, not how to use a specific tool, but how to be productive with whatever tool you use, basically. Um, and, and those are doing well. Access never makes it into the top of the list. QuickBooks never makes it into the top of the list. But they do get good reviews. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because most companies, uh, you know, you can have 100 employees. There's probably only one or two that use QuickBooks. Uh, you right. know, it, it's not as much as Intuit would love it to be otherwise. It, it just, it's not that pervasive. Right. So, and what's the format? Because I think a lot of folks expect this to be the generic online training where there's a, a, a unembodied voice <laughs> saying, <laughs> and now go to the file menu and... <laughs> So you yeah. have a different approach to that. We, we do. And it, it, it's funny, when I got started, that's what I expected to do originally. This is going back to 2011 when we were kind of laying the groundwork for this. Um, at the time, in 2011, I was the CEO of Computer Troubleshooters. We were an IT uh, franchise. So we had about 400 locations. And we had built an online training platform to train our franchisees. And we were training them on QuickBooks, but also on like, um, you know, how to sell managed services and, and the kind of stuff that you do. And so the idea was basically, if we take that same platform and kind of spin it around and offer it to uh, our customers and fill it with topics that they would want, you know, that we were going to do that. But I had no intention of creating courses. I figured, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Somebody out there has made a QuickBooks course. Somebody out there has made an Excel course. All I have to do is find it, you know, buy in bulk to get a price low enough to fit it with a managed service plan uh, and, you know, 
the, the rest will be easy. And we held focus groups at the beginning of 2012. I remember this really clearly. Uh, it, was, it was my first um, MSP here in South Carolina. We had a large open room. And so I had these people come in and they were um, fellow MSPs and they were um, uh, business professionals and they were educators and uh, comedians. It was a group of comedians from Greenville who, who right. you've met. Uh, and we looked at training from about 20 different vendors with the goal of picking the ones that we liked. And the feedback after two days of doing this from the group was, we don't like any of these. They're, <laughs> they're boring, uh, they're hard to follow, you know, some are too fast, some are too slow, uh, you know, they're not interesting. Um, you know, it, it, it was, there was just not a lot of good feedback from the group. So we kind of took a step back and said, okay, what do we do? Uh, you know, if we're gonna create content, how do we avoid creating content like that uh, you know, that everybody's going to not like. And so we kind of went back to school and did a lot of research into how people learn and what, what we find interesting and, uh, you know, why classroom training is considered more interesting than online training, especially back at the time this was a big deal. Because when I talked to training professionals and I said, we're trying to create online training that isn't boring, it was like I was saying, we're trying to create water that isn't wet. They were just like, well, that's... <laughs> That doesn't make any online online's always going to be boring it doesn't make sense what you're saying um but we came up with a format after doing some research and and, and a couple trial runs of what we call the teacher learner format which is taking the best of the classroom but putting it into a canned video format so we have it's all video based uh it's all filmed in a tv studio it's all filmed with multiple cameras so we can cut between cameras and the key for us is it's filmed with multiple people on camera um, particularly, we always have uh, two people on camera generally, sometimes more, but generally two, what we call the teacher and the learner. So you're not just listening to a lecture, you're watching somebody else learn. And it's like being in a classroom with somebody else. And that's not just for appearances, there's also biological reasons. If you're in a classroom and you're learning something along with everybody else, and the teacher asks a question, uh, you know, you're afraid of being called on, so your brain immediately tries to think of the answer. And the same actually happens if one of your classmates asks a question of the teacher, your brain kind of tries to figure out the answer too. And it's that trying to think of the answer that helps to lock that knowledge in, uh, you know, for, for long-term retention and for, for better memory efficacy. Uh, and so we do the same thing on the video. So we have two people, the teachers teaching the learner, you, the at-home audience are kind of participating too, but every time the teacher asks the learner a question, every time the learner asks the teacher a question, it's an opportunity to not only make it more interesting, but also make that information lock in a little better. And having two people gives us opportunities for you know, humor, we can tell some jokes, we can have more um, scenario type situations where the learner can say, well, what about in this situation? I, I need to make this kind of database, what would you do in that situation? And, and it really just helps to make the training more relevant. Um, so yeah, so that's the format we came up with in 2012. We tweaked it a little bit along the way and 90% um, of our courses are in that format today. A couple of others are in some different formats we've tried. Um, still kind of similar, almost always two people on camera. Sometimes it's more of a TV co-host kind of a format, but most of them are in that teacher learner format. And uh, how many courses are there all together? That's a good question. There's there's 150 on my list, but uh, quite a few of those are still in production. So there's about 110 to 112 uh, in the library right now. 
And so what do you do with, you know, we're in an ever changing world. Like what do you do when Microsoft comes out with a new thing and everybody's like, Oh, you know, what is that? And how do I use it? I mean, do you guys jump on it right away or do you wait and see whether it's going to stick around a while? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you should mention that because I, I don't teach a lot of courses, but I teach the office 365 course myself and I'm still a Microsoft partner. So I get all of the um, you know, partner newsletters. I get all the Yammer updates. I get uh, you know, all of the stuff that comes out. And every time they release something new, I have a, um, uh, we actually use Microsoft Teams now. So if it looks interesting, if it looks relevant, I'll cut and paste it into my Microsoft Teams uh, channel where I'm storing this stuff. And you know, if we jumped on everything right away, we would go crazy because every day there's something new. Uh, but we do update the Office 365 course twice a year, and uh, we don't necessarily include every new feature in the updates, but the core stuff we're going to include. Like Microsoft's had a lot of stuff like uh, bookings and um, shifts uh, that they added to Teams, uh, and um, a couple of other things they had added uh, that I don't even remember the names now. Some of them don't even make it, uh, you know, some don't last long enough to make it to the time we right. film the update. Well, that's the, the thing of- is Microsoft will announce something and everybody said, Oh, it's the greatest thing in, you know, in the history of the world. And then six months later, it's just gone. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, I've been totally surprised that that hasn't happened with Microsoft Sway as yet. I, I have yet to meet anybody who's found a productive use for Microsoft Sway. And because of that, our Microsoft Sway course is now pretty dated. I've got to make a new one this year. So <laughs> if anybody has any good use cases for Microsoft Sway, please let me know because I've got to film that one this year. Do you think most people have ever heard of Microsoft Sway? Uh, I think IT folks have because the icon pops up and somebody asks them about it. <laughs> but even our, when we did it the first time, we have a lady that um, she's fantastic. She, uh, she is a professional, present, uh, professional presentation trainer. Like She trains people how to do presentations. Oh. And so she, she taught our PowerPoint courses, and she also teaches a really cool course called Power Up PowerPoint which is not about how to use the tool, but it's like how to make it interesting, how to use you know, games and how to create your images the right way and all that sort of thing. It's a really popular course. And, and she does that, she actually did that for computer troubleshooters. That's how I met her. And she was one of the first ones I brought on board. And so I got her to do the Microsoft Sway course. And here we are, I think it's three years since we did the first course. And I've gone back to her and said, hey, do you wanna teach this again? You know, Have you used it much? And she hasn't touched it since she filmed the course with us three years ago, so. <laughs> I don't know what Sway's doing, but it's still there. Right. So I, uh, I have an odd sort of question, which is today, so we're recording this early 2019, the economy is going gangbusters and technicians uh, are fully employed, right? You know, we, we're, st- we're having to steal technicians from each other in order to populate our own uh, tech support. Um, and companies seem to be doing well. So how does that affect you? Are people buying more training or are they saying, hey, I don't have to train my people because I've, you know, I, I can retain them without that or you know, does it have any effect on you? You know, it, it, it's a really good question. And actually I had a meeting earlier today about um, uh, it was a CEO projections report of kind of looking at where the economy is going because you know, we started Bigger Brains in 2012, right? So we've been on an upswing ever since. Um, we haven't been through a recession yet. Now, we did this with computer troubleshooters, and I've got some feedback on that, pro and con. But, you know, the, the, the general assumption is that training does well either way, because in a downsizing environment, people have to cross-train to do the work that would be done by others. 
in an environment like we are today where we're labor constrained, right, where there's not enough people to fill the jobs that are out there, um, you need to hire people who may not have all the skills you want and then try to upskill them to where they need to be. So training in theory works both ways. Uh, I haven't actually lived that part yet, so, um, and, uh, you know, it, it's inevitable it'll happen sometime in the next few years. So I'll let you know in a few years how that goes, but, <laughs> but that's the assumption. Right. Uh, so and then what about um, ways that MSPs can use this? Because what comes to mind for me, talking about, you know, the whole onboarding and education and all that is, I love helping my clients improve their onboarding process because it means they engage me earlier. I create the username and password before the employee shows up, you know, and I, I create their logon for their CRM and for QuickBooks if they need it and the bank accounts and, you know, Microsoft uh, Office and so forth and so on. Uh, and it seems to me like I could then say, now the next thing I want to do to help you improve your employee onboarding process is training, right? Pick these five classes and schedule your employees to take them, you know, in the first month that they are employed. Um, that seems like it would be an easy thing for me to provide at very little cost. Yeah, and I would even go further and say that a lot of the onboarding process that you're talking about especially if it's, uh, you know, things that you're helping them with. And especially if it's things that are, you know, showing the new employee the ropes of the IT infrastructure that you have presumably helped to create and, and certainly helped to maintain. Uh, it's not that hard to create a, 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 some sort of training class. You know, so if an organization has a CRM, if they have a time clock system, if they have a, um, you know, Office 365, you know, if they have some line of business applications, it's not too hard to just sit down, use a screen recording software uh, like Camtasia, or there's a free one we use now called OBS Studio. On the Mac, there's one called ScreenFlow that I like a lot. And just, even if it's just as simple as, uh, you know, uh, recording 15 minutes of you kind of walking through the necessary screens, you can take that and in a large organization, let's say, you know, 500 employees, 1,000 employees, they're going to have a learning management system. And that's a, a software platform. Today, it's usually cloud-based. It didn't used to be like everything else. Uh, and you could load that video you just made into their LMS. Well, small businesses don't have that. But with bigger brains, that's a, essentially what we're offering is an LMS. So you, Carl Palachuk, or you, you know, Joe's Tech Consulting, uh, could create your own set of onboarding videos you know, if the client's large enough to justify it and, and if you can get them right. to, you know, justify paying you to do it and actually create a custom course and load it into their bigger brains. So all their employees can access that course without having to tie you up to come in and teach the new employees or without just going by a written guide or something right. like that. So would I, uh, as an MSP, say, create these modules and for a particular client say, all right, when you hire somebody into sales, they take these series of classes and when you hire somebody in the customer service, they take these series of classes and there's a way for me to track that or for, for the employer to track that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the neat thing about bigger brains, we really don't talk about this very much. And to be honest, it, it rarely gets used, but the foundation of bigger brains is a piece of software called Litmos. Uh, and this is the same learning platform that I used to use with computer troubleshooters. It's a very popular learning platform, got bought by SAP last year. So we'll kind of see what happens with it now, but uh, if you were a small business and you wanted to buy your own instance of Litmos, minimum buy-in is $750 a month. 
with bigger brains, you're actually getting all of the Litmos platform, plus it's preloaded with all of our courses. So you can, through our platform, um, you or your client, because let's say you know, your client, if it's a certain size, they're going to have a, a, you know, a manager, they may have an HR manager, they may have a training manager, they'll want to run their own reports, they'll want to assign courses, they may want to create their own users. All of that is, is, is handled inside the Bigger Brains interface. But the nice and you know, golden handcuff part for us is uh, if, they, uh, if they're on board with you creating some onboarding courses for them, then it's, it's your face, it's your training that the new employees are going to see. Uh, it's also something that uh, in a perfect world, they would be paying you to update periodically because right. everything changes periodically. Uh, and that's something they wouldn't have with anybody else. You know, it's, it, it, it's a great uh, upsell, it's a great differentiator, it's a great new line of revenue, both in terms of presumably them paying you to create the courses, either as a one-off or as part of a service plan, uh, in addition to being able to assign you know, out of the Bigger Brains library. So we have 100 courses, and yeah, there's a lot of them in there that are good. Are there some that could be used for onboarding? Yeah, it depends on the role. You know, Office 365, certainly if it's an Office 365 environment, Gmail if it's not, QuickBooks for certain people, HIPAA for certain environments, you know, things like that. And then there's some other courses that, you know, are going to be more either uh, role determinate, meaning that, you know, maybe it's, it's one person who wants to grow into a management role, uh, and uh, as part of their annual review, they say, what can I do to you know, be, be ready for this promotion? And their manager could say, well, here's three courses from Bigger Brains. Go take the new manager starter kit, go take Power Up PowerPoint, and go take um, you know, effective communication. Uh, and if you've taken all those and completed all those by your next review, then there'll be a raise, there'll be a promotion, you know, whatever, how you want, however you want to do it. Um, so all of those are, are possibilities. We kind of mix and match and have the best of both worlds. The, the pre-made canned stuff from Bigger Brains and whatever custom courses that the MSP or the MSP's client wants to create. And most people haven't taken advantage of that. So yeah. they could, they just Yeah, I, on the MSP side, very few. And, and I think that's, that's kind of true in general. I mean, I, I was an MSP for 20-something years. I mean, I know how it is. You don't have time to get into every new you know, activity that comes along. Um, but it, it, it's an option out there, or it's also an option if you have clients that are looking, because what we do see more and more, you know, it used to be that in order to have a learning platform, you were probably a 500 seat business, and then it was a 300 seat business. Now it's 100, and so it's coming down, and so we're starting to see more smaller businesses who want to have that sort of platform, but who don't necessarily want to invest, you know, a thousand bucks a month in one of the main names out there. If they can get bigger brains as part of their, you know, service plan with uh, America's tech support or, or, you know, whoever, then you know all the more better, and, and it's a great selling point for you as well. So yeah, I always think about what can I put into my cloud bundle, right? And, and when I look at it and I say, so if I'm buying this in bulk, I can add five licenses for all the training people could possibly want for 50 cents a month. Like that mm -hmm. costs me essentially nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I can easily roll that in and then it becomes another bullet point on my offering where I say, look, you know, this bundle includes da, 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 da. And, you know, you could easily make the argument that that education, unlimited education for your clients is easily worth an extra $100, you know, per user per month or something like that. I mean, you could really say there's tremendous value there if you're going to use it. So... Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. So you have a new thing. You mentioned apps. Uh, talk to me about BrainBot. Is this a robot taking over my world? Is that what's going on? 
It is. I even have a, uh, a, a courtesy of um, uh, Northern Kentucky Tech Center, um, a friend of mine who has a um, MSP business and a 3D printing business. He sent me a 3D uh, brain bike. Nice. Actually, a two piece, but I can't really hold up both pieces. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so for me, my background is is in IT and, and the MSP channel, and I'm still learning the whole learning market. I, I'm learning, you know, HR and training, and I, I've been going to training conferences. And I went to one at the end of 2017, and there was a guy named Dr. Art Khan, K-O-H-N. You can find his videos on YouTube. Uh, who is a neuroscientist. He's worked for Google. Uh, he's uh, worked for a lot of big companies. And one of the things that he did, which is um, kind of simple and kind of uh, complicated all at the same time, is he looked at what's called the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. And that's a fancy name for what we all know, which is when you take a class, a week later, you've forgotten 90% of what you learned. Uh, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? That's that's the way of things. Right. Uh, and that's been known actually since um, I think his name was Herman Ebbinghaus came up with the curve in the 1800s. It's something we've known about for forever. Uh, but how do we do something about it? Well, the thing that Ebbinghaus discovered even in the 1800s was there's a fix for that. Um, it's not a it's not a bug. It's it's a feature um, because if our brains remembered everything that we do, we would go crazy. So the brain right. intentionally forgets things. So you can teach your brain to remember uh, what's important by basically using it. Um, and, and the way the brain knows if you're using it is if you have to meaningly, meaningfully think about it. It's not just a matter of like, you know, uh, cramming for the test and, and relearning, you're rereading the same passages in the book. It's, it's for your brain to actually think about and process the information. What Dr. Khan came up with was a tool called Booster Learn, uh, which he then sold a few years later. And what Booster Learn did uh, and does is uh, when you take a course, whether it's a classroom course or an e-learning course, uh, it will start emailing the students, if they sign up for it, it's an option, uh, on a scheduled basis after the course with questions about what you just learned. Uh, and if you think about, especially, think about end user training for cybersecurity. I mean, this, I think for us in the in the IT world is kind of the biggest thing, right? Because um, I, I just found out last week that my uh, stepfather got hit with ransomware. Hmm. Uh, my brother, but I don't even know about it, but I mean, there's so much of that out there. And you know, we can do training for our clients, but they're not looking at this stuff every day like we are. You know, we can teach them what ransomware is. We can teach them what phishing is. We can teach them what a phishing email looks like. Three months later, they get an email from Microsoft, uh, you know, that, that has a link for them to click and download an invoice or whatever. Uh, and they, they'll forget the training, right? But if you have a system to ask them questions about what they learned, or to send them resources related to what they learned, maybe a little uh, you know, video, maybe a little uh, handout or something like that. Um, it helps to keep it fresh and it helps it to, to um, you know, stay top of mind when they need it. And so, and that was a neat idea and it's a neat tool. And there's actually quite a lot of learning platforms out there, including ours, including Litmos, who have some kind of a booster function that works through email. And we at this time had started doing a good bit with Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams is actually one of our top three uh, selling courses right now. It's just taken off like wildfire in the corporate space. And so I looked at that and I said, well, I wonder if we could do something like that with Microsoft Teams. Uh, to, because presumably, if you've got an organization that's using Microsoft Teams, all of their employees are going to be in Teams all day long. Or the big Teams competitor is Slack. A lot of companies use Slack. Uh, and supposedly some customers or some companies use Facebook Messenger. I've never actually seen that, but 
Facebook tells me they do, so who am I to argue? Uh, anyway, so we kind of took that idea of taking that memory booster uh, and communicating it instead of through email, through a chatbot in those applications, and we came up with BrainBot. Um, we did a couple things differently, and it also works through email too, but uh, we built it on an artificial intelligence platform. So with, with uh, Dr. Khan's product, for example, he can ask really interesting questions, but he has to structure them as multiple choice because that's the only way that, that the system can understand them. We built ours on an AI platform, so it can ask text questions, and when you respond with a text answer right there in the chat bot, right there in Teams or in email or whatever, uh, it can actually parse your answer to gauge your intent. And if it gauges your intent was correct, then it gives you positive feedback. And if it gauges your intent was incorrect, it'll give you um, constructive feedback. It'll get wow. correctly. So th that's a very new thing for us. Uh, and now that it's built, it actually was um, approved in the Microsoft Teams App Store uh, January 4th or something like that. So it's very new. Uh, it's in the Slack App Store and the Facebook App Store as well. Uh, now we've got it doing that, um, and that's a free add-on for uh, for our courses that we've written boosters for, which is mostly the um, email management, the time management, and, and uh, some of those productivity apps, and also one of the Excel app uh, courses. Now we're looking at, okay, how can we extend that further and actually deliver the training that way? Because, you know, taking time out of your day to go and go to a different website to take a class is kind of a disruptive thing. You have to really want to do it to go there. But if I have a chat bot that pops up in my, in my email inbox or in my Teams activity feed, you know, once a day, once a week, whatever, and says, hey, here's your next lesson on, you know, how to create a great presentation. Okay, I'll, I'll spend five or 10 minutes watching that and then wait for the next one to come the next day or whatever. So that's version two we're working on now. That should be out probably April. And then you have to do it on 150 classes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a team of four people uh, working on writing the uh, the boosters now for all the classes, and it's that's a lot harder than you might imagine. Um, oh, I know. I, I mean, I try at the end of my chapters to you know give so here's three hot tips, or you know here's some other things, or here's yeah. some key takeaways, and uh, it's not always easy. Even though I think my chapters are full of delightful and useful information. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and, right. and the hard part is trying to tease out the important bits, right? Uh, you know, especially when you've got yeah. so many to choose from. Uh, well, believe it or not, we're out of time. So how can wow. folks get a hold of you? If they are a MSP or IT consultant or CSP or whatever they're calling themselves these days, uh, you can go to biggermsp.com and sign up. We've actually just changed our pricing. So it's always been free to sign up, but now uh, MSPs, IT consultants, bars, whatever, uh, actually get a free license. So they can access all of our courses for free uh, for one NFR user. Uh, and that's all built into the portal. But you can sign up there for free. It'll take a couple of days to approve the application because we do actually, this program is only available for people in the IT channel. And so uh, myself or Nancy Williams, our channel director, goes out and checks your website and makes sure you really are who you say you are. We do get a lot of uh, like training companies and others that try to come in that program. We don't let them. But if you sign up at biggermsp.com, you'll get an email from Nancy and uh, you're off and running. Very good. Well, thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll have you back in a few months and see what else is new. Great, girl. I appreciate it. Thanks.